All right. Um, the enemy tried everything possible to ensure that I don't make it for this service because I underestimated the traffic situation from Lekki down here. Um, but thank God, against all the schemes and the wiles of the enemy, I've made it. And I believe God certainly wants to say something profound and strong to someone in this service this evening. And my heart recommendation is that you be very attentive. You will recall that since the beginning of this year, the package of God for every member of this church has been the word we all know by now that says 2022 is our year of what? Meaning, a year of what? To be settled. That word is very important that we soak it in and let it settle in our thoughts. God is committed to settle as many people that will hold on to this prophetic word that by this time, December 2022, a number of people who can hold on to this word with all their heart will be testifying. By this time, December, a lot of departments and issues of your life would have been settled. Now, the integrity of that word is not predicated because the man of God said it. It's because it is built on God's integrity himself. You remember the scripture says that he honors his word more than his very name. So if you doubt a man, don't doubt God. If God is not intended to do it, he won't say it. And so I say again today that by this time before this year runs out, diverse departments of your life would experience settlements. But as the sure word of God came through the mouth of his servant, you will understand and recall that everything within the power of God, the strength and the wisdom of God, God has been ensuring that we understand the nitty-gritty of the application of that word. Because it is one thing for God to say it, it's another thing for you to understand it. Your behavior in life is proportional to what you understand. As a matter of fact, I can predict your behavior from the understanding of the thing you have. If I told you right now, mm, you are likely not to be able to interpret the word, mm. And so I would not expect a reciprocated response or reaction. But if I said to you right now, stand up. There is a strong response from your end to rise on your feet. Simply because you understand the instruction, stand up. So when God speaks, understanding of what he has said is what we translate to the results you want to see. And that understanding will be dependent on your behavior. Show me your behavior, I will show you what you understand. And then you would observe that God has been doing a very extensive, elaborate teaching. Philippians 4 9 says, as I teach you, you receive it. So it is what you taught and understand that you can receive. So teaching has been done. Diverse dimensions in the package of settlement. It's a whole bundle, bundle of events. And then you recall that we started off with a teaching by Lo, on Lodiba. Anybody recall Lodiba? The Lodiba effect. And we established clearly that Lodiba can be a geographical place or a mindset. And the description of Lodiba is a place where you don't deserve to be, but for some strange incident in life, you find yourself in a place where you should not be. Can I have a witness in this house this morning? This evening rather. There are people who are frustrated based on where they are. It is a description of Lodiba. And I remember that we were taught, and as we were teaching on Lodiba, you can still get over the tape. We entered a realm called the realm of insights, a requirement that can detach you from Lodiba. An insight bears a critical word called perception. The how you perceive a thing will be tantamount to your response to that thing. Perception is the internal image of a thing, not necessarily the visual. Perception is what you see with your inner mind, inner eyes. And so eyes that are open, it does not guarantee eyes that can see. For many are the eyes that look, few are the eyes that can see. 
Am I correct here? And so that's why one of the illustrations that has stayed in my mind is when the man of God, Pastor Yomi precisely, said of a man that was said to be blind, lived his entire life and left a remnant of a hundred thousand. So it is clear that it is not sight that guarantees greatness. It is the sense of perception of life and situations. And then that subject was dealt with accordingly um, when uh, Pastor Toby came one of the Wednesdays. And then we heard again, the senior pastor came with the, the dimensional, I call it the, the prism of the concept of sight. And we heard the word foresight, you remember? Farsight, hindsight, insight, and then we have the farsight. All the dimensions of sight, and I'm hoping that some of this day someday, there will be thorough explanation on the intertwining connection between these dimensions of seeing. Because there are those who have insight, but don't have farsight. And that those who have farsight who don't understand the concept of oversight and all of that teachings came. And while I was waiting on the Lord, that God, I, you know, I was, I was um, 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 having a talk with Pastor Etifia when it was done on Sunday. I said, man of God, now everybody seems to have done effective justice on this subject. Where, where would I start from now? And I was waiting on the Lord as expected. And I've never been conflicted on what to share ever since I've been privileged to be a pastor in this church like the way I felt on the past couple of weeks. Something in me was saying, talk about the fact that the concept of settlement is not just about how God wants to settle you on earth. But after this earth, there's something called eternal settlement. Something was saying, talk about that. At a point, I was going to call the senior pastor that, uh, sir, can I run this through you, sir? But after Pastor Etefia left off on Sunday, and I went back again to God, I said, Lord, it's just a few days. You have not said anything. All of a sudden, what you are about to hear tonight blew my mind, and I believe it's going to blow your mind. And it's going to realign something in you, and that for the rest of your life, the things you think are gone will be restored. No, no, that amen is not sounding like someone that is expecting restoration. The, thing, the things you think that are gone will be restored. So this evening, I want to take us on a very fantastic adventure on a subject that has been titled Insights Required to Convert Losses to Gains. Saints of God, please pay attention. Well, some of the things I've enjoyed in the past two Wednesdays in, 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 uh, for the midweek service has been the very robust understanding and conversation that has emanated from everyone in the area of contribution. People have said things that have blew my mind. That being a pastor is not a function of your ability or your gifts. It's just the grace of God. That there are far seemingly more qualified people with great debt seated amongst us by virtue of the things they say when they are contributing to the subject of discussion. And I've been tremendously blessed and impacted. And I'm hoping that this evening, I will be able to induce you in a manner that you will say what's in your mind on this subject. And then we can have a conversation that is robust and practical. We've had it and it's going to be great again this evening. And the Lord shall help us in Jesus' name. Now, please listen to this. There is none of us seated here this evening that has not been blessed by God. True or false? There's nobody seated here. I'm an example. I've been privileged to enjoy strange blessings from God. I didn't realize, and maybe some of you didn't realize also, and maybe perhaps you would understand it now. That in life, as you are living every day, waking up every day, also alongside that journey is the end of a destination called death. No, no, no. That sounds scary, but that's the truth. That the power of positivity and negativity, they follow us every movement of life. As a matter of fact, now you will not have to argue this. I'm not an electrician. I'm doing study electronics. But there will be no light here if it's just a positive wire. Am I correct? There must be positive and negative. 
finding a balance somewhere to create what we call light. Every day that you desire to be great also is the power standing beside you. The desire for you to fall. We have been taught, we have been explained to how to acquire greatness in life. But it dawned on me that nobody ever will sit you down to let you know that in greatness lies the power for losing. Every human being have lost something. As a matter of fact, your current position is not because God didn't give you something, but something that was given to you, you lost it and we are where you are. People have lost money and they never recovered. People have lost health and they didn't recover. Meaning God gave them money. God gave them health. God, some people have lost loved ones. Meaning God gave them loved ones. That means there is something about not just, it's not just about what you get. It's also ability to understand the dynamics of how things are lost. People lose things, saints of God. And the things they lose sometimes discombobulate them that they never recover again. You know, there's a good news here, saints of God. In my study of the character of God, a man called Jesus fed 5,000 people. And when he was done feeding them, he told the disciples, we are not losing a grain. Nothing will be lost. And he told them, to gather everything. I, I mean, I, I was wondering. What would, perhaps some of, the, some of the leftover could have been dropped as crumbs on the floor. Not edible enough. But you know what? There is the mindset I have suddenly understand about God. God does not lose anything. Anything. And I'll show you here tonight. And if they gathered it. And so I'm going to read the scripture that aligns with this subject. I want you to please listen. And read the scripture. So can I have the scripture in Luke chapter 15. I'll just read two verses there. And then we start off tonight. Luke. When I saw the first line, I was wondering why a woman? Why not a man? Maybe that's a subject for us to understand. He said, oh, what woman? Having how many what? Then silver. Then silver could represent different departments of your life. Your, your emotions, your social life, your marriage, your your finance, your health, it could be 10 things. Everybody juggles more than one ball. We all juggle different balls. None of them must drop down. So, of what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses how many? Mm-hmm. Does not light a lamp, sweep the house, follow the, the process and the steps, and search carefully until when? Does she give up looking for it? Does she say, I'm tired of looking for it? I want to encourage someone's heart. No matter what you have lost. In this service, I beg you. Don't just be in a hurry to write it off. Believe me, if this woman could find it, you will find it. Let's read verse 9. Verse 9. And when she has what? Found it. She calls her friend and neighbors. Together saying what? Rejoice with me. For I have found what? That's a place for someone to say amen. I tell you by the word of the Lord under this sacred altar. That most of us come here after service to come and kneel before God. Before this year is over. You will call your neighbors. You will gather your friends. You will say come and rejoice with me. For what I have lost here. I have found it. I don't know what you have lost, but there is a good news on this sacred altar this evening. And God is telling someone, don't lose hope. For you will call your neighbor and tell them, rejoice with me. If you're that person, can I hear a great amen? Sense of God, whatever is considered valuable, and we can't lay hold on it again, is something we call loss. Am I correct? Because it is not everything that drops off your hand that you are mindful or even bothered about. I mean, there are a number of things that are probably in your house right now. You're not even aware they are there. But whatever is valuable to you is always important to you. And you can no longer have a hold of that thing. 
That is what we called loss. So as I speak, you will reflect. You will ask yourself, what is something that at this point I have just decided to let go? Perhaps it seems I can no longer have a handle of it again. God's word to you this evening is that saints of God, you will find it. Why do people suffer losses? Why do people suffer losses? I would love to open the conversation maybe with that question. Why do people suffer losses? I'm aware that a number of us are very good with keeping stuff. Yet with all your ability to keep things, yet you experience loss. Has anybody ever had a financial loss before? Business financial loss? Oh my God. Do you know what it means? Has anybody ever had health challenge that you've lost some very vital part of your health? Anybody in this auditorium? Loss is real. Some people today are frowning. They are sad. They are afflicted. Not because God didn't visit them with good news, but a loss occurred somewhere. Why do people experience losses? Is anybody who want to get in the mood this evening and just open our mind to say, ah, Man of God, is it possible for us to live on earth without having to lose anything? Is that a question you are trying to throw back at me? I want to ask you a question. Of all the disciples Jesus had, now think about the question before you respond. Did Jesus lose anyone? Oh, yeah. Is it possible to live on earth without having to lose anything? Let us flip the question back to God. Study God right now in your mind. For everything God has done, has he lost anything before? Imagine a man took over 600 people out of Egypt. Did they all leave Egypt? Did they all leave Egypt? Think. I know it's a tough question you're reflecting on. Did they all leave Egypt? Yes. Loss is real. Why do we experience losses? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody wants to help? Okay. Pastor Toby. Where you started from. Okay. That's uh, why do we lose things? Is because it's, a, it's part of life. That we need to accept, right? You you use uh, the cable as an as an illustration for us. Negative, positive cable alone cannot bring that light. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be positive, mm. right? So life is, I believe, is def- is designed like that. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> that is. Let's appreciate that version. As much as that version is the philosophy that life has compelled us to admit. But is that what the scripture says? Let me hear your view. Why do we lose things? Sometimes we lose things because we are careless. Sometimes we lose things because we are careless. Thank you very much. Very good answer. Another person, think about it. Think about it. Why do we lose things? Just for some reasons, you are not able to really process it and say, "Ah, Pastor Steve, it is impossible to live on earth and not lose something. Pastor Steve, it's impossible. But let me ask another very good question. Is it scriptural for us to lose things? This is a Bible study. Is it scriptural? Your mind is traveling through the entire length of the Bible. I'm going to show you. This version of the scripture we read, which is uh, Luke 15, 8 to 9, is the standard that attempts to take something from you we approach you in life. You know, when you use the illustration of the negative and the positive wire, that the balance of both, not the disequilibrium of both, if one wire that you are using in times of capacity is not the same thing with the other wire, we have what we call 
low current. Are you aware of that? Life has only one responsibility. And that is attempt to take from you. Life would attempt to take from you. Yielding to that attempt is the definition of loss. But is that how it should be? There are people that the enemy have attempted to take from. And the enemy did not succeed. They did not lose. Did they lose? Now, friends, this is a practical suggestion for me. Has anybody ever encountered, I have been, I've seen it live on the main road, where those guys that snatch phone from people, snatch a young lady's phone. The young lady ran after the guy, pulled the guy by the shirt, collected his phone. While the guy was going to ruffle up, people gathered, and the young lady left with her phone. Pay attention. If she left the guy, in the name of, yeah, my phone is gone, would she lose her phone? Now, so listen. Must she lose her phone? Must you lose? Do you lose? Must you lose? No. Do you lose? Yes. We don't have to lose. Sure, can you give me Isaiah 5.13? Isaiah 5.13. I, I know it's tough for you to suck this in, but trust me here this evening, if you get to a point of understanding the concept of this, every time the enemy shows up at your door to take something that belongs to you, you will have the courage and the stamina to say no. You will fight back. Isaiah 5.13. Listen to this. Listen to this. Therefore, my people, they have gone into captivity because they have no what? I would have preferred it said in this scripture, my people was taken in captivity. He said, because you have no you have gone into captivity, they are honorable men are what? Are famished. And their multitude dried up with thirst. The direction of God's message tonight is that you don't have to lose again after tonight. Let me show you consequences of losing. And I'll give you some example. When a loss occurs in the life of a man, part of his time is taken away from him. For instance, no matter how much I am destined to be a basketballer, all-star basketballer, I'm almost 50. God destined it in my, in, my, in my program in life. This boy, as you are going to planet Earth, if they expose you to social and social and social things, you become a great basketballer. Okay, let me ask a question. Can I still be a basketballer at this age? Can I? An all-star... No, let's get sincere. An all-star... Can I still be a real professional basketballer at this age? Why? Why? Time has had its toll on me. Why? Scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3, everything, every purpose is governed under the influence of time. When loss occurs in your life, time is held down. For instance, let me give you another example. There is something called biological clock of a woman. Am I correct? If a woman put to bed at the age of 60, is it a testimony? Yes. Yes, it's a testimony. Is it a testimony? Yes, it's a testimony. But is it normal for a woman to give birth at the age of 60? If for some reasons of the absence of knowledge, the enemy fought that woman till the day she got the knowledge that no, I'm not meant to be barren. And it is at the age of 59 that knowledge came to her and she delivered herself and she put to bed. Is that not the testimony? Now, imagine she, now she didn't put to bed till she left the earth. Did they steal from her? 
Yes, they stole from her. This is going to wake somebody up from a state of complacency. And realize that if truly the scripture is in John that says right from the day of John the Baptist till date, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence will take it by force. Why? Because John 10 10 says the enemy would only have responsibility to do three things. Come to what? Is stealing part of it. When something is stolen from you, to the enemy he has gained. To you, what have you done? You have lost. True or false? I believe that after... All right, sir. Okay, please let me come in here. I want us to get to the point where, like the, um, your slide for today says how. Can they bring the slide up for this message? I want us to quickly get to the point because that is really going to help a lot of us. We all agree we have lost something. Do you want to recover what you lost? Uh-huh. Where is the slide, multimedia, for the sermon? slide for today for the sermon uh-huh. insight required to do what to convert losses to gains so in the year that god wants to settle us obviously what he's saying to us is there are insights that god will give us not just to get new victories but to convert what seem to be losses to gains and we're all interested in that now, I like the scripture you brought out. John 10.10 10 says, The enemy has come to steal, to kill, to destroy. That is a guarantee why we're going to lose. It's not a matter of whether you're careless or not. The enemy's job is to kill. When they kill somebody, you lose the person. When they steal your phone, you lose. To destroy, ah, that one is major loss. So, it is a given that we will lose as long as we're in this world the other part of that scripture says the lord says but i have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly so loss is a certainty recovery could be a certainty two different things one is a certainty the other one is could be depending on whether you gain the insight Now, the person that comes to mind is David, a man after God's heart. We are all children after God's heart. Great as it was, I think that's First Samuel 31, chapter 31. When they routed, what's that city? Ziglag, God bless you, man of God. And they took all the women, all the children, all the cattle, and then they burnt it down. You got home? Everybody's taking that burnt the house. Is that a loss or not? A loss. Do you know what they said? They said these great men, they wept mm. and wept until they had no more strength to even weep. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that weeping requires strength. True. I thought it's just anyhow. The weakness that came upon them, they were useless for everything. Mm. And the thing that loss does that I want us to get to is that when you lose, if you're not careful, you will destroy what is left. Mm. You know what they said? They turned to David and they wanted to stone him. And that David was their blessing. When you lose, if you're not careful, you will be so pained, you will lose your mind that your own David, you wanted to stone him. Why don't... uh Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag, attacked Ziglag and burned it with fire. Let's go. And had taken captive the women and those who were with them from the small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. Come on, let's go. So David and his men came to the city and there it was. Reality. Burnt with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Let's go. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices. Come on now. David and people were lifted up their voices and wept 
until they had no more power to weep. If you can hear me, just switch as I finish reading the slide. We don't, let's carry on. This is where taking captive. Next, next verse, next verse. Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of what? Stoning him because of the soul of all the people were grieved. Why? For the loss of their sons and their daughters. Full stop. Full stop. If they had stoned David. Oh, let me ask, what make them feel like stoning David? Is their loss. And they now wanted to pin it on somebody. And that person was their helper. May we not turn around and stone our helper in Jesus' name. But the part that I want us to get to is, but David did something. By insight. In the midst of all the loss, he wept. Oh, it's okay to cry. Oh. It's okay to, for you to go crazy a little bit. But he stopped and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Give us the next verse. Okay, you promised me you're going to solve this problem. And David said to Abiathar, bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought the effort to David. Next verse. I wonder whether they hear us there. Maybe there's a problem. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely, I like that, surely recover them and without fail recover all. So it takes me to your, the, the, the caption for your slide, for your sermon or your teaching today. It says, How to convert losses to gains if it's a certainty that we'll lose because satan is at his job in nigeria we know they lose do you know how much diesel is today do you know how much transportation is changing every time prices go up and your income remains the same you're losing so we need to hear what he's going to say i wanted you to get to that point that is the cocoa how to convert those losses to gain yes sir david did i want to know in my own time how me too can be like david i'm sure you want to know as well amen let's celebrate our pastor we must understand that before we put all the blame of the experience of losses on the devil i believe it's important that we know at one point, at what point, that some of the losses we have incurred is traceable to our faults, irresponsibilities, insensitivity, carelessness, and negligence. And so I'm going to come to how to gain it, but first know what you have been doing wrong. So that when you know what you have been doing wrong, in this year of settlement that God will now bless you, that you don't experience losses before the year runs out again. Are you following here? <laughs> yes, sir. I observe from personal experience and study of people that some of the greatest source of losses is the inability to acquire relevant information on the subject matter that decision is needed for. Now, honestly speaking, you assume you have knowledge. Until someone chooses to present you a business offer, can you build a real estate? And because they told you it's a year of settlement, you said, yes, I can build a real estate. And lo and behold, they offered you the contract without any foreknowledge. One thing is guaranteed. With or without the devil, there's a likelihood that you will fail. So we say one of the insights here is acquire knowledge. Acquire what? Sufficient, specialized knowledge on everything that is connected and valuable to you. Number two. Now, okay, so we give an example of someone that made a very terrible decision, a prodigal child. The man collected all his assets from the father and left for a far country. Did he suffer loss in a far country? Yes. Was it the devil? 
No. Example again of the ten virgins, the five. They missed the flights. Was it the devil that dealt with them? No. What didn't they know? What they ought to do when there is a delay. I'm going to give an example of about five people we have used as illustration here. For instance, Joseph, did he suffer loss? How did he gain his... How did he convert his loss to gain? What? Negotiation. When it was time. He negotiated with the man, he interpreted his dream. And said, when you get out of here, please, if a matter of this nature arises anywhere, please advertise me. And so we say here, some say I cannot talk. The truth is that your silence will continue to compound the losses. We heard of a, a, a woman called Ruth. You know Ruth in the Bible? Ruth and the other lady, I can't remember her name now, the, the other wife, uh, Hopper, yes. Both of them suffered loss of a husband, is that correct? What did Ruth do differently? Just like Pastor said, Ruth could have ignored Naomi. But you know what she said? He noticed that there is still a ray of hope in Naomi. And he followed Naomi till the very end of the journey. Was she recovered? Yes. Insights. I don't know what Ruth saw in Naomi, frankly speaking. To an elderly woman, I don't know what she saw. I had an example again of a man called Naaman, the general with leprosy, who lost his health. How leprosy attacked that general, I don't know. But you know what I observed? He listened to someone that was loose. So write these three things down. Three guarantees way. To enjoy, to convert losses to gain. Number one, it is not in your place if you are on the journey to recover your loss to gain, it is not in your place to decide the dispatch rider. No, you, you, you need to understand that. When God is going to recover you, Whoever is going to send, maybe I should ask a very interesting question. If a dispatch came to your door with a gift, do you call the dispatch company and say, but why didn't you send me a lady? Or why didn't you send me a tall man? Do you choose the dispatch? What are you interested in? Deepak it. Now listen. Most people have a picture of the dispatch person. That even when God sends the, the, the package, because the picture of the, the it is not the package they have in mind, it's the person. The reason why somebody is not enjoying help is because the image of the person that he calls his helper does not fit that image he's currently having. Now listen. Neymar could have despised the Jewish girl. The rank of the Jewish girl to general. God can send any dispatch to return your loss. Now, I like your clapping, but there's a very hidden knowledge in that statement. You know what it is? The principle of healthy relationship helps you to discern the dispatch rider. You cannot be someone with a cold heart. You cannot be someone who is full of prejudice, bias, and discrimination. I have heard a story, I don't know how true, how a security man can help a man get a job in a big company. I have heard it. But now imagine such a security man does not understand that after God in heaven, I heard this somewhere. He said, when, if God says yes and men say no, you will go through frustration. A man who does not understand that the most valuable asset on earth is not just God, it's a fellow human being. The day you understand how to manage human being, you will not stay long in losses. Something happened I will never forget to me on Friday. I did a job for Loma since last year, December, and they just refused to make this payment. While thinking about the inside thing and the perception you shared. So I sent my boy back to Loma on Friday. That this money stayed for too long. Why are we not getting the money? You know what happened? All the while, the boy will always go to one particular organ they call them. And for, since December till date, 
the yoga will keep saying. In fact, the yoga sent a text to me two Fridays ago and said, Look, uh, Mr. Motayo, um, your check, let's be hopeful. Let's be hopeful. It will come out. But the boy went on Friday with the fire and the vexation of the message I heard on insight. The boy went there. I said, Please don't go and meet that man again. He's not the dispatch man. Can you please go to the account yourself? When you get to the account, tell them you the MD sent you that to find out the status of my check. Do I know the MD? Sincerely, no. Did someone know the MD that I know? Yes, yeah, I met a man who knows the MD because the man said forward the the uh, uh, invoice to me, then I will forward to the MD. So I have an idea that's an MD. So I told the guy go to the account session and tell them that the MD sent you to find out the status of this check. And lo and behold, he got there. The woman said, your check has been written since the past two weeks. And yesterday we collected the check. Now listen, listen to what happened. The boy called me and told me, he said, the, um, the first man, I didn't see him that he's going back. I said, don't go back, go to account. Do you know what brother thought? The feeling that, when you know, do you know the meaning of insight? Insight is infinite understanding of something you are looking for. Keep searching. So I said, no. When a man says it is full stop, it could only be a comma from God. Go further and go further. And you know the truth? With further insights, I got my check. The man only called me this afternoon and said, I heard you have collected your check. I said, yes. He said, but don't forget me. Oh. Don't forget you. I've forgotten you since. So obviously, he could have been holding down the check. That the waiting will increase my desperation and will increase the value of what he wants to collect. That's the psychology. But with empowered insight in my head, I say, no, now you can't fail twice. Saints of God. God is restoring you, but he will send the dispatch rider. The dispatch rider will not come in your coloration or your, with your optics. He's going to be dressed like what we thought about opportunity. You know, opportunity they say will not be dressed with, with written bully on it. This is opportunity. It will just be dressed like normal person. No, for example, someone had a heartbreak from a man. A guy broke your heart. And then you labeled every guy heartbreakers. So the day the original man will show up, you will be relating with that person with the bitterness of the previous heartbreak. Not knowing that that is a new package for you. I wish you would meditate that it is in the prerogative of God to determine who will take you out of a situation. Saints of God, Joseph, I will use the example Pastor just gave again. That of David, though, you, though he's in the notes. The man that finally helped them, the man that finally showed them the road to Ziglag, in the usual temperament of the soldiers, because the man was frail and sick on the floor. Can you remember the story? The man was hungry and thirsty and was dying. As a matter of fact, the, his teammates dropped him because he didn't have strength to go on the journey. Now imagine you got there with a shallow insight and animosity towards human beings. Or with vexation and revenge and teary hearts. Do you know what you would do to that such a man? Knowing that he was one of those who came. A lot of us, we feel that here instantly. I murder the very man that is the key to your recovery. I'm going through this whole year in a, with a very different mindset. And one of the things God has just said to me, this while preparing for this, it is not in your power to determine who the dispatch rider would be. Whoever I send to you, just have the godly act of Philippians 4. To the pure, all things are pure. To the noble, all things are noble. You are too suspicious that when your helper comes, you will suspect him. Everybody is a coloration of demon, demon around you. Look, sense of God, can you please change your mindset and see things with the eye of God? Then everything will work well. You are too human. You are too human. Forgot to put his divinity in you. So, um, what's the word you called it now? You're too suspicious, Abby. Is that <laughs> what you said? What yeah. word did you use now? Suspicious, you are. You suspect everything and everyone. Is that what the word you used? I thought it was a stronger word. <laughs> If he's suspicious, so suspicion can, can blind somebody from insight. Yes. The man that was sick 
entire that they left was part of the enemy that raided Ziglag. Yes. So if you're suspicious, you don't even ask for God for insight, you will have killed the man. So what, my, what I've learned is that suspicion can blind one from the insight that will convert loss to gain. Note it. Thank you, sir. Note it. So in this year, this year you're stepping into, you already started. Be less hostile to humans. Be less hostile. Every weak person is not necessarily a beggar around you. It might just be an angel waiting for your kindness to unlock your blessings. Be less hostile. Be a little deliberate. I, I went through all the characters we gave an example last Wednesday. I imagined that when Joseph saw his brothers, the Bible told us that he shed tears. It wasn't, it wasn't tears of bitterness or revenge. Look at what he told them in Genesis 50, I believe. He said, what you meant for evil, God. You know, somebody here, the reason why this delay thing is that your heart is, ve- the settlement you want, you want God to settle you to carry out a revenge. And God will not do that. God, prosper me so that all those that have laughed at me, I will deal with them. That is not. In the kingdom of God, God does not allow us to acquire He entrusts. In the world, they acquire things. In this kingdom, he said, I would entrust the riches. He said, who shall entrust the riches of the kingdom? And for God to entrust something in you, you will demonstrate number two point, character strength. Believe me, the bitterness in your heart is is what is fueling your energy for you to want to achieve. It is not fueled by the loving tears of Joseph when he could have killed his brothers who sold him. If God gave you that money today, you will go and look for the victims of those who dealt with you. Oh, you know God is talking to your heart here. Your, the chambers of your heart that is full. One part is Mumadi Let's do deliverance now. If you are that person, come out. <laughs> deliverance time. let the spirit of God you know what I love about what he said in Matthew I believe um, uh, Romans 5 5 he said let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost when I saw something of one of the things I saw again that can help you convert lost again is in Psalm 24 look at what he said in Psalm 24 he said he approached the gate he said by your heads all you gate and you everlasting doors please help me with Psalm 24 he said, the heart is the Lord and his fullness thereof. Okay, please move forward. Go forward. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Please, let's read for her. He said, who may ascend to the... Now, please. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who may what? Stand in his holy place. Number one quality is what? He who has what? Do you really, really qualify for this? The, the, the unforgiveness currently at work in your life is even scaring God to bless you. God will rather wait for you to grow old and come home. Number one point is what? It is not in your power to decide who the dispatch rider would be. A man got to heaven and said, Lord, I was crying for you to help me. You didn't help me. God said, I sent a lot of people to you. He said, who did you send? He said, I sent one young boy to come and tell you where to go. He said, young boy? What does a young boy know? It is not in you to tell God who he will send to help you. That's number one. Number two, that can guarantee your return. It is not in your place. You need what I call real character strength. I imagined in this head, if some of you were like a babe, like Ruth, following in Naomi, wouldn't have a clue where she was going. Ah. Somebody saying, My mother in law is a witch. Your mother in law is a witch, and you have a son. One day, your wife's son will also call you a witch. Character flaws spread across our lives. It's one of the, as a matter of fact, I said this without sense of meekness and humility. Some losses were, they came into your life because of your bad temper. With a little spark, 
Ah, you are angry. And anger is like fire. It burns everything. Both valuable and things that are not valuable. And then you are crying. I have suffered loss. If there's something God wants to do to settle us this year, is to reform your behavior and your character. Oh, they've taken it away. I would have shown you in Psalm 24. Can you please go to verse 4 of that Psalm 24? He said, who has a clean hands and a pure heart? Who has not lifted up his soul to, who? to what? An idol? Not sworn to deceitfully? Now, verse 5. Thank you. Verse 5. He shall receive what? He shall receive what? I didn't write this to you. Know. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of who? Of his salvation. Go further in verse 6. He said, this is Jacob. The generation of those who what? Who seek him? Give me verse 7. I'm going to lift up your heads, all ye gates. Lift up your heads, all ye gates. The gates of losses. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory come. It's a very interesting drama. Listen to this sweet story. Verse 8. The gate responded back. The gate. I have met seen men who are praying to have certain things in their life. And right now they are tired of praying. Who are drugs is swimming. The gate is a who is this king? Who are you? Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. The Lord mighty in battle. That was the response of the king of glory. Look, he said, lift up your heads. Let me pause and say this to you. Please, never use a phrase, Adorati Sumi. Never. Never use it as a believer. There is no timetable to prayer in the scripture. Rather than getting worried, spend that energy in praying. Never, never say, Adorati Sumi. Jesus healed a blind man. One time, the blind man didn't see as you should see. Jesus had to touch him the second time. Friend, maybe the last prayer you're about to give up is the last door that needs to be opened. They said, lift up your eyes, all you gates. You the everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Can you go to verse 10 now? Thank you. He said, who is this king of glory? Please, who is asking this question? Is this gate a person? Spirit. He said, the Lord, who is responding to this gate? himself discussing with the gates with all his power with all his might discussing with the gate and you already feeling tired and weak Edward, don't be weak i beg you ask god for more strength he's the king of glory verse 11 because he now has to open up his resume ah, multimedia it is well character the third key that guarantees is respond to the right instruction. Respond to the right instruction. So, uh, I want to ask Pastor again the secret of David on that story you read. When they accosted him and about to stone him, David did not confer with them. He didn't have a dialogue with them. He felt their pain. In fact, he didn't condemn them. He didn't judge them. He didn't look at them and say, do you know I'm the man of God? I will place a curse on you. David didn't say all of that. Who can remember what David did? Huh? The first thing he did was he gathered his strength together. And then he he did what, sir? He called for, thank you. So, we will put it in synopsis that he inquired from the Lord. It's like he went into deep prayers. That's what it means. Exactly. Deep. You have run this race in your natural intelligence. Hmm. Look at how far it has brought you. So I would not even say he went into prayers, Pastor. Okay, sir. He asked for insight. That's what so I'm saying. I'm saying it wasn't hmm. even a prayer of God. Uh, now he's saying, hmm. God, give me, grant me that insight. Uh, what should I do now? No, he didn't just ask peripherally because the part of the problem sometimes is you have a huge loss and you are asking god peripherally the psalm 24 that he read the lord says oh you get be lifted up the gate says, who is the lord he answered him the, log- the gate still asks again the lord still answered him so if there's a place waiting they pursue is <laughs> more important than waiting they disturb you so when he said bring the effort he could have inquired without effort the yes. effort should be with the priest so he went to abatha he said give me the effort so he talks about the place where you shut down when you really need insight to tell you the truth to tell you the truth 
there's some battles now you and God do. Say, give me. He didn't say about that, do it. He said, give me the effort. This one. Okoja, be careful. And he asked the Lord. And the Lord gave him the insight. He said, you will recover. Do you know this thing you're saying about us not being wicked? Us not being resentful and so on. When they got there and got their stuff, they brought spoils. He shared spoils for the ones that didn't even go to the True. Battle. He True. shared for those that didn't even didn't go to follow the now, saints of God, please listen to this last key. We have mentioned three keys because what Pastor did to me this evening, I love it. All he just helped me do was to fast forward my message. <laughs> we, get, we got here on time. <laughs> now, listen to this. I need you to please pay attention to this. Because there are people like you who call themselves Christians who is taking advantage of this last point. But fortunately in the body of Christ, we don't know exactly how to go about it. After passing the non-discriminatory test of human being, meaning you don't discriminate people. You greet both the outself, you greet both... I mean, Pastor Omi said something long ago about a driver that he, he had, or I don't know if he still has him. He's a driver. He's been driving him all, all his life. I mean, to the best of my knowledge. The closest between himself and that driver, I think I know the name of the driver. The way he relates with the driver, you will not imagine that's the driver like a brother and the way he profiled the driver i imagine you know the truth some leaders are standing still because rather than loving the people they are beating the people if he had been stingy to that servant or he had been hostile to that servant in the turning point of his life, he would have failed. Most of us need to hold this carefully for, as you step out of that door. Conductor, move away. No. Calm down. You don't know his story, so don't judge him. Calm down. Now, the third point is where I'm going to, and it's very critical. As I'm speaking to you right now in this auditorium under the sacred altar that some of us we need to come back here and inquire from the Lord. What the Lord told David. He said, David, get up. Pursue. Overtake. And recover what? All. I love the word all day. God is not a loser. Ah, you will recover all. But in those days and now he said, I will give you a shepherd. Have you seen that thing in Jeremiah, I believe, chapter 3, verse 15? I said to those in the Pentecostal church, we are underutilizing our shepherds. Believe me, just truly. I processed something in my head. He said, I will give you what? A shepherd. According to whose heart? Your heart? No, now some of you get angry and leave church, like as if you planted yourself here. In fact, there's a scripture that says, I think it's Psalm 92. He said, I will plant you in the house of the Lord where you will flourish. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. They, we are underutilizing them. I will give you a shepherd according to my heart. We will what? Feed you. With knowledge. And what? Uh-huh. Verse 16. Verse 16, Oga. Then it shall come to pass when you are what? Multiplied. An increase. It started from where? Verse, we are underutilizing our shepherds. Let me give you a very closing secret. And I'll close. One minute to 7.30. I asked myself a question. When the turning point of Saul because somebody's season of turning point is happening already. Your ability to be sensitive and discerning is what we matter now. I ask myself a question. When Saul, it dawned on him that they have to go and meet Samuel. Saints of God, I beg you, Osha, leave this envelope, let them get this part. It's important. When it dawned on Saul that they have to go and finally meet Samuel, why did he come up with the idea that 
It was not the servant that told Saul that we don't have anything. It was Saul that said, but we don't have anything to go and give the prophet. Where must they give this prophet something? Must they give the prophet something? Ah, God is a division of a person and principle. Understand these principles, life will work with ease. I am learning also. Do you know it is absolutely inappropriate to approach God's servant empty-handed? No, some people don't know it, mama. You are saying that's right. Some people don't know it. Some people don't know. When Naomi was going to meet Boaz, he slept by, he cuddled herself by the feet of Boaz. Willing to serve, not with intention to marry him. But Boaz understand the story. The woman that entered the grand story of Jesus to your date, that some of us we call the Halabasta Hoy. You know, this is a principle. I can give you examples, examples of people, of people, even when Naaman, Naaman, you know Naaman? Was this young man on the, on the uh, you know the story of Naaman? When he was going to approach Elisha, did he go empty-handed? He didn't go empty-handed. They didn't tell us if Samuel collected it. I don't know. They didn't put it in the scripture. But they knew by principle that once you are approaching God and his servants, you don't go empty-handed. Why? The gifts of a man will make a way. You know, it's interesting that coincidentally that by Saturday, there's going to be our pastor's birthday. Ah. Mrs. Omotai wants to talk. And when Mrs. Omotai wants to talk. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Steve. I wanted to... <laughs> you know, we are in the season of them. Um, giving pastor, giving pastor, and I've been asking in my mind, which one is this uh, give pastor, give pastor? Really, it's good to read the Bible. When we read the Bible, we get understanding of um, why we do things. You see, a lot of us, because we don't have understanding, and we've not seen it biblically or scripturally or, you know, while studying the Bible. So, I was, when I was reading my Bible some days back, in the book of Ezekiel 44, verse 30, and um, it goes there, said that, and the first of all the first fruit of all things and every oblation of all and every sort of your oblation shall be the priest. Ye shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough that he may cause the blessing to rest in thy house. And I said, okay, okay. So the reason why we must give. So when he was talking now, I remember the Bible verse and you know, I was just thinking, okay, the reason why we must give is that the blessing of the priest will rest in our own house. So I got that um, understanding and I, because you know, most of the time when we, when we receive a um, revelation while studying by ourselves, it, it, it sinks in. You get, you get through in depth of why we must do it. So, Please, I think, um, so pastor, I'm part of people that repent of my, no, uh, this, the, the, is pastor second, the main, the main priest of uh, Grace Assembly Church. Saints of God, I'm not a Muslim, but I know that those people practice things that are strange. They don't approach their clergy empty-handed i am not a white garment church member but i know that they have a practice they don't approach their prophets empty-handed pentecostals we are abusing the prophets over our lives i read in scripture and i will close with that then i'll give you the last prayer he said believe in god the lord will establish you believe his prophets you will prosper ah that is on. I from today you knock the door there. I, I don't know. 
pastor didn't send me to and you are not even talking about him i'm talking scriptures you are not permitted to approach the man of god empty-handed you are not it's a principle god ordained. in fact when i saw one in scripture that says never come to my house empty-handed that day when on campus one of the culture we had on campus as a pastor is that nobody seated beside you should not have offering I don't know if you went to a, a, a very active uh, campus fellowship. We, they say, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you have an offering? And then they will now say, take your offering. Because nobody is permitted to come to God's house. empty handed. I didn't write scriptures. And I know that if you have an obedient heart, every loss of your life, you will recover all. Amen. You will recover all. Rise on your feet as I take this prayer in closing with you. Very small prayer and you will enjoy it as you pray it with all of your hearts. Joel chapter 2. Please give me Joel chapter 2 very quickly, multimedia. Please, I need your help here. Joel chapter 2. And I read from verse 25. Please, make it snappy. Joel chapter 2 verse 25. You will pray that prayer by declaration and I see it coming to pass in your life. So I will restore to you the years the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. Verse 26. Your image should be louder in verse 26. He said, You shall eat in plenty. Lift your right hand to God. Every source of scarcity dry up in my life from this hour. Everything that is causing scarcity in my finance. From this day, the covenant of plenty comes upon me. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame again. If you that prayer, so you say better. Amen. Amen. God bless us. God bless us this evening. Let us remember those three things one more time. Number one is, is what? Number one is sight. It is not in your place to determine the dispatch rider. Many don't discriminate human being. Number two, develop character strength. Be, have a stronger level of tolerance. You can't keep demonstrating anger. Number three, make inquiry from the Lord. Make inquiry from the Lord. True his servant that he has positioned over our life. And the Lord bless us you do so in Jesus' name. Have you been blessed tonight? Have you been blessed tonight? Hallelujah.